Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm excited. Honestly, I say this every day about how I'm like excited for the podcast and, and something like that, you know? It's honestly true. Like, like this, I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be able to just go and read about a whole bunch of stuff and find stuff to talk about and then talk about it. And I feel like there's uh, some good stuff to talk about today. Um, kind of not not necessarily wrapping up the George Klyovkov hire as the new Pac-12 commissioner, but at least trending toward wrapping up that conversation. Um, now I want to go back to the TV deal, um, and I know that's something we talk about a lot, and we also spend a lot of time. Or this is a Buffs podcast, and you know it's it's always like a tough balance between like how much we talk about CU in particular the Pac-12 as a whole, uh, college sports in general, you know, Denver sports, you know, what I had for dinner last night, you know, and finding that balance. And this time of year when there isn't so much going on with the buffs, especially when there's something like the hiring of a new commissioner, I do think that it's worth uh, taking our time going through this and talking about all these different things. Um, Because I I have, I, I had a realization today and, you know, it's not like some huge realization like that's going to like change lives or anything. You know, here's what it is. Basically, we, t- we can talk all we want about how important these next few years are in terms of creating this new media rights deal, how much money the Pac-12 brings in, all that kind of stuff. The truth is the real defining time for the Pac-12 is going to be right after that deal. You know, because realistically, I think that the, the expectation, oh, maybe even the bare minimum should be that the conference is bringing in twice as much money as it does now in terms of the media deal. And, and so when right now they're bringing in about $250 million a year, getting that up to $500 million a year, you know, splitting that payment, what is that? That's 20 something million a year per school. Um, now that goes to 40 something million a year per school. That is going to be a huge bump, whether things go well in the next few years or not. Either way. Either way, that is going to be just a a massive windfall for the Pac-12. And that time period is going to really define what happens with the Pac-12, how they use that money. Now, it's going to become a lot easier to to handle all of, or to, to be successful in that time period if you are maximizing the money you can get by winning in the next couple of years. But I do think it's important to remember that that's when things are going to really reset. 
and the Pac-12, I guess we don't know exactly if it'll be a level playing field. We just have to wait and see, but it's at least going to be a much closer to level playing field. Um, and I want to run through some, uh, some of the numbers, that kind of stuff. Um, before we get into that, though, that's going to be later on in the show, I think. And not going to lie. I just spoiled a whole lot of the conversation. Um, I also, you know, I sent out a poll yesterday um, just asking, like, which non-conference game this season are you most excited for? And because, you know, we've been a little bit light on Buffs talk in particular, like all this stuff applies to the Buffs, but Buffs in particular, you know, with not much going on, figured now would be a fun time to jump in and and talk about which of those three games is most exciting. Um, yeah. I've got some more fun stuff planned, too, that I'm excited about. Um, not exactly how this will be structured or when we'll start, but, for example, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how Chris Wilson says there's really no base defense. Um, they're going to do a whole bunch of different things. It's going to vary week to week, opponent to opponent. I think it's going to be fun to run through all the different weeks and all the different opponents those weeks and try to build our own defense to stop whatever we're going to see. Um, again, I don't know when to start that, like do one a week for 12 weeks, do one a day for two and a half weeks, you know, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that and I have some other ideas too, you know, like, is there a situation I don't like, there, I don't think there's a situation where Christian Gonzalez moves into the slot, but maybe there is, I don't know. We'll go back and watch a bunch of games and figure it out. Um, so there's kind of a plan for today. No news? I don't think there's any news. Really don't think there's any news. I would have written it down, hopefully. Um, so we can skip that, and I can tell you more about our presenting sponsor, the Colorado XOs. Uh, so the Colorado XOs are a rugby team, a new rugby team here in Colorado. Um, they uh, are taking a whole bunch of athletes who played like SEC football or ran track or whatever, and teaching them how to play rugby um, because there aren't a whole bunch of athletes at the younger levels who play rugby in the United States. And so to get onto the U.S. national team, which trains at the same facility in Glendale as the Colorado XOs, you uh, you don't necessarily need that whole like born and bred rugby type. See, the thing is like Nate Landman's going to be a good NFL player. If not, he would be perfect for this. Obviously, like his dad was a, a rugby player, and that's why Nate was born in Zimbabwe. I, yeah, it was Zimbabwe. But that would be uh, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, point is, cool stuff going on. You can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the DNVR Rugby Podcast, or at thednvr.com. Um, also, another note. I forgot to mention, so the the coaches thing, like we were, yesterday we ran through like 26 through 65 ranked coaches um, according to the panel that CBS Sports put together with 24-7 Sports. Um, they haven't released the article today with the top 25 yet, so I figured we'll just push that to tomorrow. So if you tuned in expecting to hear who those top 25 are going to be, well, I guess you're going to have to Google it for yourself. But not right now, just like in an hour or so probably. Or you can just wait till tomorrow. Um, let's kind of jump in. You know, I did share my broadest thought about the the Pac-12 
media deal thing. Um, but I kind of want to start by going back to the last time that they negotiated a deal. And you know, I, I, what I did today, I, I think this is, must be the first time ever, is I just read all the coverage of that deal at the time that it happened. You know, because it's like 10 years ago. Um, and, and the way that people talk about it, it's... There's just so many interesting little details. You know, the, the, they're comparing like the NHL getting onto NBC and how that could potentially weigh down the, the upcoming Pac-12 deal. Upcoming is in the one that happened 10 years ago, but at the time it hadn't happened yet um, and all that kind of stuff. Things like, you know, after watching what Larry Scott did with the Women's Tennis Association the last five years, you know, they're lucky to have him. These first couple years have been great. This is going to be a really, really good deal. And, and to see that compared to where we are now in terms of the the general opinion of Larry Scott is crazy. And, you know, I think that the current opinion is very right. It is important to go back and realize, though, just how massive that deal was. So it was like the $3 billion deal over 12 years. I think it actually only gave up rights for 44 games a year, something like that, compared to other deals from other conferences being like, 54 or somewhere somewhere around there um which the reason for that is because a lot of those games went on to the pac-12 network like those 20 other games and so you aren't really maximizing it because it turns out that the pac-12 network didn't work out you know that they never really did pull in significant revenue from the pac-12 network now if they had been able to get a deal with direct tv done at some point in the last decade maybe we're talking about something different um but i don't know it's impressive they got that deal done if they could have found a way to monetize those other games um it could have been even better at the time though revolutionary nobody had made that much money for a, a contract um for college sports and you know just again to put some sort of numbers to this you've got in the previous contract so the one before this new deal the pac-12 was getting 60 million dollars a year and then all of a sudden that jumped up to 250 million dollars a year to put that in perspective and I'm, I'm using the numbers that athletic director you put together um who was it that wrote this oh it was by entertainment strategy guy so that feels like a reliable source <laughs> the point is the numbers are <laughs> they are right um and there's some other good points in here too there's a, a lot of good stuff wherever you look around about all this kind of thing obviously because there's a lot of money here, which is a good segue back to these numbers. Um, in, in the final year, so 2012, the final year of the previous media rights deal, like I said, the Pac-12 was making $60 million a year. Um, that same season, to put that in perspective, the ACC was at 155, Big 12 at 130, Big 10 at 220, SEC at 205. Um, and that's that's basically all that matters. Um so the Pac-12 was absolutely lagging behind. Um, actually, they'd all been making at least $100 million a year since the turn of the century. And that whole time, the Pac-12 was making 60. From there, though, the Pac-12 does reset the market, going up to 250. Now, 
You compare that to the other deals. Again, you had like 155 in the ACC. 220 was the, the top with the Big Ten. You, you surpassed that 220 mark. Um, that same year, the ACC got a deal done. Uh, theirs was at 238, um, and they were giving up more games. Um, so it was 250 for like the 40-whatever games. I think the ACC was giving them 50-something games. Again, Pac-12 never really used that advantage because they didn't make a whole bunch of money off those other games they are putting on the Pac-12 network. Um, but they put themselves in a good position. They just kind of failed on that last piece. When you look around, though, at everything else, so, so the Pac-12 made the most money in terms of these deals from 2013 through 2017. And that is when the Big Ten got a massive deal. And I think that this has to be including the revenue that they got from the Big Ten network, which I think, I can't remember how exactly it works. I think it's 51% owned by Fox Sports and 49% owned by the Big Ten those might be flipped. Uh, there's like a reason they want one more in control of the other. I can't remember which way that goes, though. Um, but that was kind of the, the revolutionary turn there. So they were making $220 million a year um, since 2008. And then starting in 2018, that jumped to $440 million, which is just an absurd amount of money compared to the other deals. Again, you still got the Pac-12 in second at 250. And the Pac-12 continued to be right up there in, in terms of all of these numbers. Now, though, you have things like the SEC going for $450 million a year. Uh, and then I guess that starts in 2024. And, and so these numbers are just getting massive. It's weird to try to compare the different conferences and all that kind of stuff. Um but again, you, you look at the media rights, just for pro sports in general, this is the big four plus MLS um, and NASCAR. They've basically gone from 2,500 or yeah, two and a half billion dollars a year combined in 2000 to this year over $10 billion combined. Um, everything's gone up too. It's not like NASCAR like fell off or NHL or anything like that. Um, and that's the kind of growth that you see for sports media rights in college sports and in pro sports. The way that this just works is similar to, to quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, if, if you're or really any position, if you are a top five to 10 player at your position, when it's time for you to get a new deal, you're resetting the market. You're going to have the biggest deal ever. And that's because the, the, I mean, in, in the NFL, it's because the salary cap keeps increasing. And so when you could justify whatever percentage of the cap to somebody of this caliber in one year, the next year when the cap grows by 10%, which it typically does, all of a sudden you can offer that salary, but 10% more. And that's, um, it's a product of more revenue coming in to, to sports leagues, um, and that same thing, that, that same growth and in interest, that sort of stuff, um, availability, people want to watch on TV. There's a big base. It, the point is it keeps going up for all these sports. And that's why like, there's no reason to be worried, I don't think, about the Pac-12. Um, so, again, the, the whole point here is that, yes, 
it is going to be a very crucial couple of years for the Pac-12 because the better that they perform, if they can become, you know, what what is a good goal? I mean, I think that you have to look at the molds of the other conferences. And we've talked about this before with the SEC. The Pac-12 isn't going to be the SEC in the next two, three years. You know, they aren't going to have the number one team, or if you want to be the SEC, then like, say you have somebody who is matched up with Bama for being that key feature of college football. You know, Clemson right there too. Um, is Oregon, I think Oregon would probably be my best, just the combination of recent success, um, you know, not not spectacular recent success, but compared to other teams in the conference, they have the combination of recent success, um, the ability to bring in recruits, um, the uh, just financial assets that some other programs in the Pac-12 lack because of the... I mean, because of Nike, really, because of Nike. Um, and so if one team were going to do that, it'd be Oregon, but you just can't expect to see Oregon become that in the next two years, realistically. And then from there, you can't expect two other teams to be competing for a college football playoff in any given year. That's unrealistic for the next two, three years. You know, the the, the ACC model, basically Clemson and a bunch of bad teams, more realistic, but again, you need somebody to step up in the next two years and become a national contender built in a way that makes people believe that they're going to stick around. I think that that's kind of not there either. You look at the big 12 though. And I mean, the, I honestly think the level of play between the big 12 and the pac 12 right now is not all that different. Um, you know, Oklahoma has been grabbing some headlines, doing some good things for the last few years, and maybe that does put him over the top. But when you just go one to one, two to two, three to three, all the way down, I, I think that you do like it um, if you're the Pac-12, or at least you're competing. You do just need that team at the top, and that'd be nice. The point is, though, even if you don't catch up in these next couple of years, you're going to have a lot more money coming in afterward. And, you know, does the Pac-12, if things don't go well, say maybe we don't want a 12-year deal? Maybe we want to go six years and see if we can build something else up? You know, there's there's a, a lot of ways this could go. There are very few that I think would be just straight up bad for the Pac-12. Maybe a little disappointing compared to what we think they could do. Um, but when you look at the, the jumps in all these TV contracts, I mean... The Pac-12, they go from $60 million a year to 250 last time this happens. The Big Ten, they go from $110 million years, or dollars per year to 220 to 440 Just straight up doubling. SEC, 100 to 205 to... They must have other revenue streams because I think this, these numbers for right now can't be totally right. But I guess with the 450 coming in after... I don't know, I'm, I'm curious. But the point is, you look at all of these deals... You, you almost expect to double your money. You almost expect it. Um, and, you know, Larry Scott was throwing out his projections. He expects like a 200% increase to 200% plus. I can't remember what the exact number is, but then when you think that, that doesn't mean doubled. That means tripled plus. Um, but yeah. So I thought that that was kind of important. Just in case anybody is, you know, kind of 
on on the edge here about you know stressed out about the tv deal good things are happening and it would be tough for the good things to not happen just because of the way things grow and the fact that the pac-12 is lagging behind a big part of that not all of it absolutely not all of it um it's just that they haven't had those deals restructured in so long rebuilt i mean a new deal made because whenever you have the best deal that is not necessarily for the Pac-12 resetting the market, but it's going to come pretty pretty close. I, I do think I can say that and be confident in it. Um, yeah. The other interesting thing is like looking at the growth in sports media rights deals over time. You know, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, you're looking at about 10% growth every year just in those rights. Then 2011, 12, 13, you're looking at a little under 5% growth. And then from there, 2014, it's like 15%, 2015, 15, um, 2016 is 20, 2017, you're between 15, 20 somewhere. And it, it did kind of fall off after that. But the Pac-12 hit at a point where that growth that you just expect to keep happening kind of leveled out a little bit. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of thoughts there. Again, the big one is the Pac-12 is going to be making more money in just a few years. You'd hope that it's going to be a lot more money. And I think that, I mean, it's going to be at the very least 10 million bucks a year. I mean, what, what am I saying? 10 million for who? 10 million for, per school? I think that that's fair. At least $10 million more per year per school. Um, and that would be on the low end of the growth. So... Those are some thoughts there. Just realized I said we were going to talk about these games first. Sometimes I lie, I guess. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to jump in, talk about these non-conference games. Um, again, I put out the poll yesterday from the DMVR Buffs account on Twitter. 341 votes. I'm not going to tell you who won until after this break. Um, real quick, though. So DMVR, if you're not a member yet, you should sign up. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff going on, including, and this is what I really want to plug, the DNVR Golf League. We at DNVR, you know, we're a different sort of sports media company. And there's, you know, our strengths and weaknesses, and we don't need to dig into all those. One of our strengths, though, is that we are absolutely the most fun sports media company in Denver. We have the most fun. And that is going to continue to be true. And it's going to be even more true over the course of this summer when we're playing in the DNVR Golf League. If you're a competitive golfer, I'm sure the people at like the top of the league will be competitive as well. And there's that aspect of it. For me, I'm going to be out there in the sun drinking some Celsius. And um, yeah, as long as I'm in the sun, the Celsius, I feel like any given day of the golf league will be a success. Um, seriously, I'm going to be out there. I know Ryan will be out there. I'm not really sure who else. I mean, I bet Allie's definitely going to be out there. She's way into golf right now. Um, from there though, like you could see some of the nuggets guys. Like I know Eric golfs a little bit. Um, Adam Mata's golfs even less, um, but he wants to get good. And that's why I think he might be. Concerned. The point is we're all going to be out there basically just drinking and having fun. And if that sounds like the kind of thing that you could get down for, we are the spot for that. A whole bunch of other stuff going on. Come down to the bar for a watch party. I'm actually going to the game tonight. 
and so I'm not going to be, be able to be at the bar. But at the same time, I will actually not at the same time, bad time to use that phrase. Um, before the game, I will be down there hanging out and having a couple drinks before we head over for the, uh, you know, the, the, the abs game, which actually there are some guys who tested positive today on the blues. They think it's false positive. I'm just not thinking about that right now. Um, point is, it's a cool place. Members get big beers for the size of small beers, a bunch of other perks. So check it out. Wow. That was going to be so quick. And then I feel like that's how golf is. As soon as you start talking about golf, there, that's it. Like you just kind of keep going. Um, also got, want to give a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they're awesome for a bunch of different reasons. Um, my favorite reason is that they make really good alcohol. Um, and if you're into that, there, I don't think you can beat it. Um, we talk about the seltzers a lot because it kind of is seltzer season. I know that some people are a little bit anti-seltzer for some reason. They, they want more than a hundred calories in their drink. Um, they call it just flavored water. And it's like, no, it doesn't matter. Point is beer is good too. And beer deserves some respect and Breckenridge brewery. Obviously it's all started with the beer. Avalanche Amber Ale is so good. Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. It's like a... It's like the Avalanche, except just a little bit more beery. If that makes sense. And if it doesn't, then... I did my best. Uh, Yeah, so... so there's that as well. Um, oh, Solace Meds. Solace Meds has an awesome deal going on at the moment. Um, actually they've got a bunch of deals. Memorial day. Ooh, here's a question. Is Memorial day this weekend? Oh, the TV just turned on. It's watching the Avs show. Cause I'm excited about the Avs. Also, if you guys like the Avs, check out our Avs guys. They're good. The Nuggets guys are great. Katie Wingy from altitude is in the studio today. Excited to watch that one. And I'm actually going to head over there cause I'm subbing on the bets show for Dre. Who's kind of a sicko today. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Um, point is, Solace Meds, uh, two for twenty or two for twenty-five dollars. Uh, uh, weirdly written, two for twenty-five dollar koala and Solace hundred milligram bars, fifteen percent off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates, twenty percent off CBN gummies, twenty percent off Mile High extractions, twenty percent off all Glacier concentrates. I think this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. You can buy three, get one free in the entire store for that weekend. And on top of all of that, when you go to any of their four Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DMVR bar on East Colfax, you can use the code DMVR20 at checkout for an additional 20% off. So you go in on Memorial Day, you do the buy three, get one free in the entire store. You then get 20% off that price using this code and all of a sudden, it's it's basically free, yeah, basically free. Um, seriously, no better way to support our part or support us than to support our partners. So get online, make your purchase, or head to one of their four locations and get the best customer service and twenty percent off your purchase. Again, that's code DMVR twenty at checkout for twenty percent off your entire purchase every single time. All right, um, we are going to talk now about these. Uh, these football games that you guys voted on. So there are three 
non-conference games for the Buffs this season. A shout out to the uh, Pac-12's nine-game conference schedule, but whatever. Um, those three games, first one Friday night at home against Northern Colorado, and then after that, they're going to hit the, well, not really the road. They're going to hit I-25 at least and go down to Denver to play Texas A&M in the next game. After that, they're back in Boulder to play Minnesota. And to spoil the results of the poll, most excited for the answer is 77% said Texas A&M. Makes a lot of sense. From there, 17% Minnesota. From there, 6% Northern Colorado. Our guy Silver Buff, though, and this is kind of where I wanted to go with this. He said, let me make a case for UNC. First game with fans at Folsom. First time fans see Carl Durrell. First time fans see many star players. Hopefully, a Ralphie Six. I mean, what more do you need? And, and I get, like, here's... I would add on top of that, the Buffs are probably going to win that game. Like, like that place is just going to be a party. And I honestly think... I mean, that was my vote in the poll, was that first game is going to be awesome. You know, Texas A&M, they could be ranked in the top five when they play the Buffs. They play at, at, at the Broncos Stadium, which is a cool thing. Um, great for tailgating. That's going to be an awesome day. Friday night under the lights against an opponent you know you're going to beat with all the things that are going on. Jarek Broussard out on the field. I don't know. I think that that place could just be absolutely popping. I'll make a case for Minnesota too. So, Minnesota coming off a bit of a down year. Before that though, they'd won back-to-back bowl games. They were one of the hot picks. Um, you know, PJ Fleck is the coach. Uh, he is in that top 25. He wasn't in the bottom 40, I guess, um, of that list from CBS Sports. I I think that there's some reason to be excited for that one too because that will be, you know, odds are Colorado is going to beat Northern Colorado, lose to Texas A&M. I'm, at least if you trust Vegas, and Vegas is going to be pretty certain about both of those results, that's probably what's going to happen. That Minnesota game is very much up in the air, and that could be the kind of game where if Colorado wins, that will change some people's minds because, you know, they're, they're playing a Big Ten team. They're playing P.J. Fleck, who people like, all those RPOs he runs. Um, Tanner Morgan is a veteran quarterback. If you have, if you have Brendan Lewis out there beating... Tanner Morgan, who admittedly is coming off a bit of a down year, and he's not really a quarterback I like all that much, but he's a guy who gets NFL draft hype. When you're looking for candidates, guys who aren't seen as draftable right now, but could really see their stock rise, he's absolutely one of them. On top of that, Mohamed Ibrahim, the running back, is one of my favorite running backs. Again, you know what kind of running back I like. We talk about a lot, but just like that kind of zone running bowling ball type. Um, He's one of those, and he's one of the best in college football. So, at that point, Minnesota probably not all that proven, but that's that's a that's a solid at the very least ba- football team, basketball team. What am I doing? What am I doing? But yeah, uh, the that is a solid team, and that would be a good win, a win that people around the country may not be talking about all day Monday on on sports radio, whatever. But it is one that kind of raises your eyebrows a little bit, and. That coming right before you start the season against, or the conference season against USC and Arizona State, you know, that's, uh, that's, that'd be a good win. And so I, I don't, I think that there's something to be said. I will also say that would be my third pick on this list with Northern Colorado. Honestly, probably be, ah, uh, 
I mean, Texas, when you have a team that's probably going to be in the top 10 coming up here, I guess that probably has to be it. But in terms of the, the experience that I think there's a good chance Buffs fans have over the course of that day, Northern Colorado, where you go out there in, in, a, in a perfect world, you win 70 to zip. In a realistic world, you win 50 to 15. First time back in the stadium after the pandemic, Jared Broussard, Carson Wells. Silver Buff, Silver Buff making some noise there. Brendan Rice, Brendan Lewis, I don't know. Um, so there's some thoughts on that kind of stuff. And now we're going to get out of here. We'll be back with the rest of that list of coaches tomorrow. Excited about that. A few Pac-12 guys left. Um, and I can't remember what else we're talking about, but I did think of something earlier. So stay tuned for that. Going to be a good day, and I will see you then.